This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode. I have a very special guest here today who I'm so excited to introduce. We were aligned through Instagram. I've been following Donna Omari, who you may know from Instagram. I've been following her for a while now. I feel like during COVID, um, I was really drawn to her. Just the videos that would pop up on my Instagram, her outer beauty and her inner beauty that just shines through and is so reflective in every video and every post that she puts out. So I'm so excited to welcome Donna here to the podcast today. She's an esthetician and recently been on a health journey that has led her to meditation, healing, and all of these really 5D experiences. So welcome, Donna, and thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited too. I can't wait to dive in. Um, I was thinking yesterday of all the things I want to ask you, but I want you to just take a moment to introduce yourself, what you're doing here on the planet for work as a mother, as a wife, as a business owner and beyond. Okay. So I'm Donna. I'm an esthetician for 15 years now, but also a spa owner. We have a location in NYC. Um, I wouldn't say we're completely holistic, but definitely we, that's definitely what I'm aligned with more. Um, The natural alternative, holistic modalities, uh, slowing down the aging process. I don't like too many machines, too much equipment in the facial room. The hands are super, uh, super powerful and simplifying. I'm all about simplifying one's routine, taking care of yourself on you know, a mind, body, spirit, uh, in that kind of way. Beautiful. I had the pleasure of visiting your salon. It is so beautiful. And as soon as you walk in, you feel like that natural element just in the decor and the products you have. And the gua sha facial was truly next level. It's very unique. It's very different. Um, it was very different than what I learned at school, but it's funny because I always knew that there was more, there was more than what they were teaching us than what we were supposed to do in the treatment room. And so it was just the evolution and how I came to learn about gua sha and facial massage and healing somebody's skin in a very fundamental and basic way, just sort of, it was just all intuitive. You know, I knew it was going to happen. I was searching for it and it, it came to me slowly, slowly over the years. And that's where I meant to be. And it's, it's funny because I have some of the best equipment, you know, I have lasers and I have microcurrent machines and so many great modalities, but people continue to come back to experience gua sha, to experience the buckle. They just love that more than any other service. It's so interesting. And I feel like that brings us back to nature too, because the stone, I I told you when I first bought your stone. So I 
chose to get your stone because I wanted to invest in this practice. I was like, I'm ready. I want to be committed. And this is like a work of art and the frequency. I, I, I just saw it. And when I received it, I'm very sensitive. My listeners know I'm very sensitive to energy. And as I was using it the first time, I felt such a high frequency when I would go close to my ears because I'm sensitive to frequencies and I feel what that holds. It's just such a beautiful piece of um, nature, but also equipment that we could use for our face. It's really so special. Um, but it's interesting that those are the two that are most requested, I guess, and most popular, because if you think about it, it's the one where there's like no machine getting in between the human and the human and that, that natural piece. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, I feel like aesthetics in general and, you know, skincare therapists in the industry it's evolving. We're becoming more of like healers, you know, as opposed to what I learned to extract the skin, disinfect the skin, and I'll see you again in a month. It's it's just become something so different. We're working with the skin, not against the skin. We're working with, we're guiding the skin to do what it already knows how to do. Um, it's so, in today's world, there's so much. There's so much out there, so much to do for our skin. And so there are a lot of distractions. But when we scale back, when we cut out all of the distractions, our skin starts to heal. It knows what to do. We just kind of guide it. So true. And I have chills because it is about that process of really that process of going back to working with the body, whether it's like, it reminds me of holistic health too, like working with the body to be able to allow it to do what it knows to do. And it's the same for the, exactly. it's the same for the skin and the approach that you're using. I feel like people know also intuitively that that's what their skin needs. Yeah. So they're looking for it and they're captivated when they, try it or when they see me doing these things on Instagram because they already intuitively know and are drawn to that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's something that you have to be open to, you know, so many times I get this question consistently on my Instagram, no matter how much I tell people, like, do I get Botox injections, fillers? It's really hard for people to believe that I don't do that stuff. And that alone just shows me how much I have to spread this even more because that thought alone is what's wrong with a lot of what's going on today with people doing things to themselves. I want to be a better example for my children. Mm. I feel like it's very, very, very okay to do those things. Um, if you really, you know, if you're called to it, if you're very self-conscious about it, we've spoken about injections before. Yeah. Um, but why not try the natural alternative first? Why not believe that something can help as opposed to, you know, a quick fix like that? Absolutely. And oh yeah, we have had these conversations because I was at the point where everyone around me and my circle is pretty much, you know, do it going that route. And it's hard. Like, and with all the meditation I do, I know that, um, 
I, I know that I am always aligned to my highest decision, but when there are outside things happening and that's all you're seeing, you start to question like, wait, can I really age gracefully? And you have been, um, such an inspiration in that way. And what I've also started to do and implement with the guasa, um, and the sea buckthorn oil. I have also been, because there's thoughts, aging is challenging for, at least for me, like I find it to be a challenging process. And I actually did a whole episode on just like my inner thoughts on aging um, in the times that we're living in. But what I've started to do, anytime I hear the the voice of the critic come in, I literally say my skin is producing collagen every single day. I am continuing to age gracefully and I'm literally speaking into existence what I want to feel and receive because I truly believe that on a healing level and energy level. And I know that my thoughts can create my reality. So that's a new practice that I've added in because the outside noise can get so loud. And I appreciate your voice in aging and your philosophy on aging. It's been a true inspiration to me and has helped me to stay aligned to my highest path in that way. I love that. I love that you like speak it into, you know, manifesting that. I never even thought about doing that because I tell myself we're aging. It's natural. It's supposed to happen, you know, but let's you know, let this be a challenge for myself to do it gracefully. And I love that. And then I share it with my followers, with my audience. And I get people every single day, just, you know, just like you, who, if it's something that you're insecure about that requires injection, or I get it, I get that voice being, you know, um, overwhelming and a little bit, uh, you want to go there. But at the same time, I think it's important to change the conversation with ourselves of what, what it means to get older, to age gracefully. Why is a wrinkle a bad thing? You know, why? Why is it an ugly thing? I've seen women who are in their 60s, 70s. My mom, she's never done injections. She's never done anything like that to her face. And she's beautiful, even with a little bit of jowls and a little wrinkle here and there. It's beautiful. My grandma, she's 94 years old. She has wrinkles, but her skin is, she's taken care of her skin. She, she looks healthy. She's vibrant. She's glowing. So you could still be beautiful with a little bit of, you know, a wrinkle here and there. It's so true. It really is. How did you know you wanted to become an aesthetician? So I had awful skin. Like I, I had acne in high school, a little bit more than the normal teenage acne, um, and I had a friend who also had acne, but she, it didn't bother her as much. For me, it bothered me. Like it was the first thing that I would look at on other people. I would wish for good skin. I was also very hairy. <laughs> so I was like, you know, full of pimples. I had a lot of insecurities with, with my aesthetic in that sense. And then when I was 19, my skin freaked out after going on antibiotics for when I was 17, my skin calmed down a lot and I had maybe one, two pimples popping up. I went on antibiotics. I went to a dermatologist. They put me on antibiotics. Little did I know that completely messed everything up for me and my skin like broke out. Like you can't even imagine my face, my chest, my neck everywhere. It was summertime and I would wear like a turtleneck or like a scarf. I was, I just didn't know what to do. And 
I was going to college at Pace University in NYC. The plan was to get my credits, 60 credits, and to move on to acupuncture school. Oh, wow. Um, my mother's an acupuncturist, and I just, she's always inspired me. We, we're very close. We have a very good, very close relationship, and I wanted to be like her. And she also had, like, the most perfect skin. She was just, like, most perfect beauty in my eyes, inside and out. She is beautiful. Yeah. And um, I remember when I was in high school, she, she was, when I was in middle school, she started studying acupuncture. And I just loved it. I loved it. I was drawn to it. So I embarked on that, did it for a year. Was not for me, just was not for me at all. You have to live, breathe everything, TCM, acupuncture. Um, but a girl that I was going to school with, she was like, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm so lost. I want to do you know, acupuncture for the face. I wanted to do like facial rejuvenation with yeah. needles um, to help women with their skin because my mom was helping me with my skin with herbs and acupuncture and I was seeing a difference. So it was kind of like a dilemma because I was a little bit lost and she was like, why don't you become an esthetician? You are obsessed with skin. I'm like, what is that? I've never even heard that term which is funny because I was going to an esthetician all throughout high school. She would just extract right. my skin. I'd see her again in a month. My parents paid for it. You know, they took me, it was brutal, but it was something that I just did. I never knew that's what they were called. Um, and it was like a light bulb. It was like an aha moment. And I was like, so excited and excitement came over me. Like I never experienced wow. before. Like I knew, I knew that that was what I was meant to do. And I dropped out and uh, went to aesthetic school, like almost like a month after. Wow. And then before you said how, like you knew there was something more than what you were learning. And that was just like a feeling within you. Like you just felt that in your soul. Yeah. Yeah. Because school for aestheticians, it's really actually quite sad. I don't know if it's like that anywhere else in the world, but in America, I wish it would be a little bit better, a lot better. Um, it's very basic. You go, you get your credits, and then mm -hmm. you learn how to be an esthetician. So I knew when I went to school that this isn't what I'm going to be doing. There's yeah. more to taking care of the skin. There's more to getting uh, to getting on the right skincare. There's more, cause I was battling with a really, really bad acne, like a bout of acne. So I knew that slapping on a couple of products or getting extractions, it's not going to cure or treat my acne. You know, it's very temporary. Yeah. The testimonials you share on the sea buckthorn oil are amazing. Like I, I use the oil every time I wash. I love it. It leaves the skin feeling so soft, but I feel the testimonials that stand out to me are that people literally heal their skin, whether it's acne or I think I see psoriasis or eczema with this oil. And to think about putting oil on acne, like I feel like we have to take down so many of those limiting thoughts and beliefs that we might remember from like that old way of, you know, like the acids on the face or the extractions and then 
to see these testimonials and how they're achieving this through that oil is incredible. Yes. Yes. And if you read about oil cleansing and the mechanism and and what it's doing, you're going to be like, wow, that makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. First of all, oil likes oil. So to cleanse the skin with an oil, it's really able to thoroughly extract and remove all the dirt and the grime while leaving the beneficial oils in the skin, the nourishing oils, because you don't want to strip your skin completely of its natural oils. We need our oils. So by over exfoliating or, or over cleansing with sudsy foaming sudsy cleansers or using, um, you know, we think that we have acne and we have to just throw all of these acids, like we have to go to war with our skin, but that's not true. We have to scale back. We have to calm inflammation, right? Because acne is inflammation. So let's calm it for a second. Obviously, acne stems from an internal imbalance as well. This is number one. But for some people, it could be mostly external from what they were doing or not doing, what they were using, how they were using it. Because the people who really like, whoa, get that healing from a grade three acne to like literally nothing, as you've seen. It's, it's external, you know, they targeted, maybe they did some dietary changes, but it depends the level of how deep internally you have to treat the acne. Um, you have to address it from both internal and external. But if you can, where you have the power is what you're doing externally. And that means cutting back on everything that you're using doesn't mean throwing your products away, but it's scaling back. And using less, calming inflammation, and restoring balance in the skin, right? Cutting out the distractions, the active, the exfoliants, the foaming cleansers, and restoring that balance that of your natural, of your skin's natural state, basically. Like the homeostasis, finding that balance and that space of work. Exactly. Exactly. And that's really something that, that when, how did I come about the sea buckthorn in general? So I was, I had this spa and I used to just do a lot of research about products. And I remember following this esthetician, a blog on this esthetician. I don't know even where she is. I don't know who she is. It was like 11 years ago or something like that. Um, and I had a lot of time at the beginning, like at the very beginning, 10 years ago at the spa. And I would like search and search and I would, she would talk a lot about different products, but for some reason she made one blog post about this one product, the sea buckthorn oil. And it's like something made me buy it and try it. And it's so funny because she would talk about so many products and just one time she mentioned this one product it's like I was meant to find it I was meant to share it I was meant everything sort of like worked it was just aligned and then I I bought it I used it but not the way that I tell people now I used it like a pre-cleanser almost like I would use it first then foaming cleanser and it was nice but you Mm. know nothing crazy then couple of years later, I got pregnant with Eva. My skin was like 
not doing so well. I was breaking out and I would try every single thing that I had at my disposal at the spa that's always worked for me with breakouts and nothing was working. I remembered about this oil. I'm like, let me try it and just use it. I don't know what made me just, just use it as a cleanser and moisturizer. Within five days, everything cleared. Everything cleared. And I'm like, from this point on, I'm sharing it with the world. It's so cool. I had such chills when you were sharing that you just knew. I feel that you are just so intuitive. And it appears, of course, you work hard. But it appears that your intuition has guided so much of your success. And that's just what it seems like as an outsider. And then, of course, getting to know you. Just following your gut and knowing when to lean in and to trust and to align. And you've created such a tremendous, loyal online community. When you ever, when you share a meditation, my Instagram blows up. It's like, it's the most wild thing. Like you have created um, something so powerful and you're using that quote unquote influence in such a beautiful way. And it's been so great getting to know you because you truly are as beautiful as you appear on Instagram and even more so like getting to know your spirit and your soul and you, you just deserve all of the success and it's wonderful to watch. And I'm so grateful that we've become aligned and you're here to share all of this. What else other than your intuition that we've seen led to so much of your success and that inner knowing, what else do you contribute to having such a successful spa platform and business? Um, wow, that's such a loaded question because it's so, there were so many decisions and like, it had a lot to do with timing that led me to where I am today. And it started, it, it, what people don't realize is that it was, it really was a very difficult journey at first. Like I was working six days a week from nine to nine physically working, physically, physically working. But I was young, but I also wanted to become a mother. Um, so I was pregnant and working and working and working and a baby and working and getting pregnant again and working and just really loving what I was doing. But also it was the only, it was the only way we were making a living, Dave and I. So I had to put in the work, right? But then in 2017, when I went to learn the massage, the buckle massage, which that's what I want to ask you about too. So feel free um, to expand on that. It's so crazy. It was 2017. I had an employee. I, I've always had wonderful estheticians. Really, I got so lucky. But then in 2017, we let go one of our estheticians that was, it just, we didn't, we didn't click. We didn't vibe. It was a little bit of a toxic energy. Um, but it was also hard because I had stepped away from the room because I had Eva and I was now had two babies. They were young and I wanted to be at home more. And I really, and she was making us a lot of money. She was very good. She was very good. But I was like, I told Dave, I'm like, I don't care. We are letting her go which we hardly, we never had to do before. And I will jump back into the room and I'm going to pick up the spa again. Like I'm going to bring it a lot because what happened was the spa 
I feel like it was going like this at first. And then it was just staying like this for years. And just at one point, you either have to scale or you're going to, you're going to fall. So I, I had this sudden urge to just get back in. And I told myself, I'm never going to leave the treatment room again, ever, ever, you know, because it almost didn't feel like mine for a little time. Like it felt like I was depending on someone else and I didn't like that feeling. Um, and so I let her go. I jumped back in. It was very tough because I haven't been in a while and she had a lot of regulars, um, but I gave them to all my other girls and me. And I, but I was like, I got to learn something new, something fresh. I need massage, massage, massage. Like this is not the microcurrent, the, the laser genesis. Good. It's all good and wonderful, but I got to learn massage and I don't know where there's nowhere. So I was Googling, Googling. I found this guy um, who was Russian, but also living in Israel. So Russian Israeli. And I watched a video of his and I was like, I have to learn how to do that. I was like, I have to learn how to do that. So I DM, I messaged him on Facebook back. I didn't have Instagram at this point. This was 2017. And I asked him, I'm like, you teach in America? And he said, no. Um, And I'm like, you have to, you have to come and teach me. So he was like, maybe I'll get back to you if and when we ever do. Two months later, I think I messaged him a couple more times, like bothering him. And then two months later, he messaged me and he's like, we have made a training, a group of women. Um, and we're going to meet in Staten Island and I'm going to teach the, the, yeah, this technique. Um, and I was like, I'm coming. And he's like, just a heads up. It's everyone's Russian. Like it's going to be in Russian. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm like, I, I really don't care. I'm, I will be there. Yes. I will use my eyes. Okay. And the good thing was, is that he knew a little bit of Hebrew. So him and I can, um, you know, I was able to, but when I tell you, I was so lost during that training. After the first day, I drove all the way to Staten Island. Didn't understand a single word. Drove all the way back, had to do that for four days. It was very unprofessional. Very. It was his first. And he was just like, you know, he was having lunch with a glass of wine and, and, you know, coming back two hours later. And it was like an expensive course, you know, at the time. And I was like, whatever, I'm just going to extract whatever I can from this. And then I would go home and I would cry to Dave and I'd be like, I suck and I can't understand anything. And all the other girls there, they're totally picking it up because they understand the language. Anyway, at the end, I bought the video that he gave us. And I sat with one of my clients who's Russian and she helped me translate. And like, because there are intricacies when it comes to learning facial massage. And I knew that I'm not just going to, I, you know, you have to know little things about how to place your hands, whether to use the tips or the palms, how to move your body, how to position, you know, how to work inside the mouth. Wow. Now you're working in people's mouths. You know, you can cause harm. And so she would help me. And then I would also sit with my mother-in-law because Dave is Russian and she would help me. And then I would just start to like practice on clients, just little movements. And I started to slowly pick it up, slowly pick it up. At that time, nobody was doing the buckle. Nobody, not in the, not in the U.S., not in New York. And Dave decided to take a, like a friend that he knew from high school to, to try to do PR for us. 
Um, she was like, you got to go with the buckle. That's our only angle. I'm like, but I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm so new at this. I really, she's like, well, you're going to have to act and you're going to have to pretend that you know what you're doing. Then Meghan Markle got engaged and she said that she did, that she loves to get the buckle massage done because it's very popular in London and it was popular in France, um, just in general in Europe. And it blew up. Then so E! News cool. contacted us, um, my publicist, and then uh, New York Magazine, The Cut. Like, we had, like, this break. And that's yes. what I mean when I talk about timing, you know? And it was like an in. I had an in. But when I tell you I was so bad at it, I was so bad at it. And I was doing it on editors. And, like, I started getting really busy. And at the same time, the same summer that I learned how to do the buckles. It was the summer of 2017. I got pregnant with Dewey, with Eden, and I also uh, started Instagram. But this time when I started Instagram, because I had tried it back in 2014 and I was like, it was just awful. So this time when I started Instagram, I don't know what it was, but I would see all these like makeup videos and I would say, nobody does there's no esthetician that I follow. And there were some big names that I would fought that I used to follow that does this, that makes videos that does tutorials that, that it feels very unattainable when you see these celebrity estheticians. And like, it doesn't feel like they're speaking to the, to the consumer. It's more, they're speaking to the celebs, like the high end customers. And I was like, I need to like make videos of me in the treatment room working on clients and me doing facial treatments on myself. And it was really bad at the beginning. Like I couldn't form a sentence, but I kept practicing. I remember having a big influencer at that time who came to me and um, I asked her, I'm like, how do you do it? Like, I can't talk into the camera. I feel stupid. And she was like, just freaking practice, practice, practice. Just talk to yourself in front of the camera. And eventually it's, you don't feel stupid. And that's what I did. And I really feel like that that's what set me apart from a lot of women in the industry at first, because yeah. it was kind of that's one of so the first. awesome. That's such an amazing story. It was in, so it was exciting. Cool. It was and exciting. it's so cool to hear like how it all started. I remember you, the other week, I think you posted that you started your account in 2018. I'm like, what? How? Like, it's so wild because you know, a lot of the people we see with huge followings, not everyone, but a lot of them um, have been like those OG Instagram bloggers or whatever they were sharing since the beginning. And to know that you started, you know, during, I feel like the height of Instagram when everyone was on it and you've, you've been able to create such an amazing and loyal following is such a testament to what you're doing, how you're sharing it. And of course, the divine timing that you shared. How did you know that you and Dave, like when did yeah. you decide that you and Dave would work together? We met very young. Like we were, I was 18 when I met him. He's three years older than me. Um, we started dating when I was 21. And so we were both very young with no, we didn't have our own job. Like we were working. He was the manager at my dad's restaurant. I was a waitress. I was studying. He didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. You know, it was like, very, we were both starting from scratch. 
So deciding on opening something together was just the natural progression in our relationship. Like it wasn't this big decision. It was like, that's what we're going to do. He believed in me so much. Even when I kind of sucked as an esthetician, he was like, you're so good. Because I think because he saw that I just had so much passion for what I did. So he's like, he always wanted to create something and open something and build something, whether it was a restaurant or a bar, whatever. But the fact that I had this trade, um, it just made sense to open a spot together. So when we got engaged when I was 25 and we started talking about opening a business, I was very, like he brought it up. I was like, I'm not ready at first. And, but this is like how we are, our relationship at first. I'm like, no. And then it's like, okay, so maybe we should start looking at locations. Okay, maybe we should just sign on this location. Maybe we should, it starts to like, it starts from a, from an innocent conversation, brainstorming, and it really starts to develop into the real thing. And I feel like that's part of our success is that we just kept going and taking. It's awesome. And it's good to hear that you kind of started from scratch together and you're ready to build a life together as a family, but also as business owners together. Yes. And it's the best kind of, you have a great dynamic and it's actually wild to think about how you work together and have such an awesome dynamic as well, because I'm sure it's hard being in business together at times, but also, um, so beautiful and so incredible at the same time. Exactly. It's exactly, it's like, you said it perfectly because it can be challenging at times, but it's also the best partnership because there's no ego. There's no, there's just loyalty. There is admiration. There's inspiration for one another. We don't get in each other's way. There's no competition. There's no, none of that. So we're really able to, you know, the sky's the limit. We're really able to grow it to the best that we possibly can. So special and so beautiful. And that energy radiates through every encounter you guys share together. It's really so special. So So I feel like you've always been a spiritual person in some way. And recently you've been more on a spiritual journey, working with the healer, dabbling into meditation. Do you want to share a little bit about your meditation practice? What's guided you there? How it's going for you um, and your spiritual journey? So I was in pain for a couple of years with this tumor in my leg. Didn't know it was a tumor. The pain really made me more afraid. The thoughts, the thought, the, the, the fears, the worries. And that's when I kind of disconnected more and more from myself. And so wanting to connect back with myself, searching for that, you know, for, for spirituality in my life, I felt like the diagnosis was the first step that that I took towards that like getting the diagnosis I was like I can never go back to where I was before I can never go back to that emptiness you know um so I have to do the healing I have to do the meditation I have to and I've always taken care of myself but not like that not with that kind of thing and so I remember reaching out to you And I didn't know how much I would fall in love with it. You know, like think two months after my surgery, um, we did a meditation and I really, from then on, I was doing it every single day for months. And I have now my little, you know, moments where I fall off, but it's 
still like a non-negotiable kind of thing that a couple times a week, it's a part of my routine. It's a part of my life now forever, even just knowing how to breathe better and, and turning inward, you know, like inside, like I, like being able to have that control over my mind and my thoughts. And it feels very empowering. And I, I, you're a big part of my healing journey as well. So thank you so much. You know, that's why I really do like to share you. And um, it comes from the heart because I feel like so many women are in the place where they don't know what meditation can bring to them. Right. Yeah, it's so true. And it's such a pleasure working with someone like you who really, you were ready for it, as you said. And when you're, I always say this practice really does find you and it invites you in. It's a very special type of practice of you as you experience. And just hearing and seeing how you connect to it and all that you get out of it is just, it's so powerful and so special. And I'm so grateful that you choose to share that um, because it's true. It is super empowering. And I think connecting meditation to, to the journey of healthy skin, I think we've given our, and even our health, we've given our power away so much to all of these outside forces. And when we start to realize that we have so much ability to heal ourselves in so many different ways, um, whether it's spiritually or physically with, with something like the skin or acne, um, we, we can take that power back and find ways to at least maybe not completely heal ourselves with any outside assistance, but really start to generate that within ourselves. 100%. Like I've, I really witnessed that with myself. It got me through the hardest time of my life, you know, where my thoughts were still very scary. Very, I mean, you know, they got the tumor out, but it was still very raw. So having the meditation was, it really saved me during that time. Yeah. Yeah. What are some things you feel you learned through this challenging time? I mean, first and foremost, I learned to always listen to your body. Like it, it almost feels like that's obvious, but I ignored the pain for so long and it was excruciating pain. It's pain that's really hard to ignore. Like it would keep me up at night. So it was pain that so fears and worries can be so debilitating to the point where you actually don't go and get checked. So that's number one, because if I had listened sooner, my surgery wouldn't have been that big. Um, and then just to, if you have these worries, if you have these fears, if you have these core beliefs and subconscious, everything that, you know, I know that it's things that I can't even control. They're not in my conscious, like subconscious thoughts that I've learned from when I was younger, from whatever happened to me, even from my mother's womb, even ancestral, like it can, you, those things were, were made up of so, so many thoughts that we cannot control. And if I had known, and you know that the, 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 the mind is powerful, over your body. But if I had known that it's that powerful to the point where I can, where I'm so afraid of getting cancer, and then I get cancer, like I would have turned to therapy, healing, meditation years and years ago, you know, that was like a mental health issue that I didn't know that was a mental health issue. You know, I, I kind of was like, if I just 
quiet my thoughts, if I quiet my fears, if I just push them, suppress them, then they're not there. But it's not true. They are there. They're in, in your subconscious, you know? So repro. So I worked with a woman who, who reprograms the subconscious and I still work with her weekly. And so she, by bringing, it's like peeling back layers and layers. And by bringing those fears and worries and thoughts to the conscious, you can then you're aware of them and you can control them and you can, you know, change how you, how you think. I don't know if that makes sense. It's so wildly true. And we've spoken about this because I've had that same experience right. and that's what led me to this. Practice. I had health anxiety and I was about to think my way into a really terrible illness. And if I hadn't, I mean, who knows if I even had at that point, but um, I was on my way to doing that. And gratefully, I found this practice before and did a lot of subconscious work as well. Because when you, when you, it's advised you wake up before the sun rises and you do these really deep meditations and healings that could actually um, create these new neural pathways. And I would spend all day literally brainwashing myself because that's kind of what it is when you're creating these new patterns. It's like, okay, Erica, you're thinking a thought of fear. Now we're going to take this into a thought that you actually want to create because both of them at this point can be labeled as fake or fantasies, but allow me now to put it towards something I actually wish to create rather than what I do not wish to create. So I, I understand and I feel you on that. And it's, you know, I can't imagine the process you went of it actually coming to fruition, having to go through all that. But it's so true, realizing the power that our thoughts hold and it truly creates our reality. And it could sound woo-woo exactly. until you actually start experiencing it, practicing it. And there's so many studies that prove this. There's actually a trend right now on TikTok called the Tinkerbell effect, where they're, they're coming up with these... Um, studies that show there there are two groups. Um, one of the TikToks I watched was there are two groups and um, the two groups both believe they were receiving chemotherapy and the group that wasn't even receiving chemo was losing their hair. This is just from TikTok. I didn't look up the actual study, but this is what they're reporting. And I have read things like in the book, I'm sure I told you about the book Cured by Dr. Jeffrey Rudiger, one of my favorite books. You read about these studies that are done and it's just, it's so empowering to hear how much power our thoughts truly have. But sometimes when we realize that it's scary exactly. because we realize where our thoughts have been for so long and we're like, whoa, I have a lot of work exactly. to do if this is. And that's what I'm saying when I'm saying that it was like a mental health issue. You know, yes. like I was like, I thought I was good. I was positive. I was a, I'm a very positive person. I'm optimistic. I'm, but when it comes to health, because I was also, I'd been through a lot when I was younger, when I was born with like certain health issues with hospital, like there was some trauma there. So when it comes to health, everything, like when it comes to business and growing and, and succeeding in that, I can just, it's, it, there's no fear. There's no worry when it comes to health. It's, the the opposite and and i used to literally envision cancer coursing through my my bones and i mean it got to a point where it was so bad that i i was at my lowest i really was at my lowest and i was feeling so much pain at this time and i just didn't know what to do these thoughts were debilitating and that's what you kind of went through and that's 
if, if you can be proactive and get ahead of that, because I feel like also a lot of times we operate from our minds, you know, like our mind plays mm-hmm. tricks on us. So these thoughts, they're not real. They're not, they're not, they're not real right now in this moment. Like, you know, so if we just learn, I'm trying to learn to operate more from just like my heart, listening to my gut, my heart, like less from my mind. And in those moments, I just feel guided to say cancel clear because you were saying like, um, you would visualize that going through your body and if someone who's listening struggles with that too, where those thoughts of fear creep in, or you visualize something that is not the desirable outcome, or you feel something, you're thinking something, I'll immediately say cancel clear. And my husband will look at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, cancel clear. That's out of my mind. Or even if I say something out loud that I don't want to bring into reality, I'll say cancel clear. And you're literally stopping that thought. And then you're taking a moment to like reset it and rewire it and literally clearing. Because every wire. Yeah. Yes. And sound or thought, everything's a frequency yes. and it continues to ripple out. So if you don't stop it in its tracks and clear that shit out, getting it out, it, it'll vibrate on. So, And then obviously it becomes more complicated when you have, you know, gut issues, which affect our brain, affect our mind, affect the anxiety that feeds those thoughts. It affects our, you know, serotonin and it, it and then you're just you're like lost in a web and you're just spiraling so i don't i don't have all the answers but and i feel like everyone is because a lot of people now ask me because i had cancer and i got i i don't anymore and or i have hashimotos and i'm dealing with it or i don't have the answers but i feel like I feel like addressing your mind, like your mental and emotional health first is like crucial. Yeah, I would have to agree. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of spiritual teachers who I followed believe that everything really originates from that. And it's, it's a very hard concept to, to lean into. Mm -hmm. It's a very hard concept, but that is what some people and teachers and healers do believe. And it's interesting, but that's definitely such an important component. And it's freeing. It's I want- freeing. It's freeing to, to and empowering. It just, it, and I remember when I was meditating every single day, when I meditate every single day, you create this like bubble. You create this like bubble of happiness and like light. I swear. And, and, and so that's the frequency that you're constantly living in. And it's amazing. And it takes a lot of work to stay in that space because there's a lot of outside places, especially right now, um, just on the planet, a lot of energy happening and shifting. And it takes, that's why it takes like that, that work, um, whether, you know, you're doing it four times a week or tuning in every day and just taking, even if it's just a moment, just taking that moment yesterday, um, I was working and I had 10 minutes, I was with someone, but she was going to do something else. And I was, I, I just had a moment. I didn't have my phone with me. She actually had my phone and I'm like, Oh, I'll just drop in right here. And I just took a moment by myself in the corner and dropped right into that space. And we have to, you know, be creative with how we find the time to do it and just go back to that frequency as often as possible to create that vortex in and around yeah. us. Yeah. 
I think it's so interesting. And then we're, we're going to wrap up with um, just one more question, but how you said um, the fear in your life was mostly around health and in business, there was never fear. And like, look at all that you've generated. And it's, it's just so reflective of everything that you were able to create and having no fears, not worrying about what anyone else is saying and just going for it and knowing that you're not going to fail and leaning into that, I think contributes a lot to your success as well. Like your, your mindset around that. Exactly. It's, it's what, right. It's like, we talk about manifesting, I don't even you I, I just knew like I just knew yeah. that I was going to make it. I just there was no fear. And maybe it's because I come from a family of entrepreneurs, but I don't know. There were a lot of people who doubted me, even my family members, which, you know, that was out of love. Dave and I didn't doubt ourselves. I just knew that I needed a break and I knew that I needed to keep going. I knew that it was going to happen. And 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 that's what I'm talking about when, you know, when it comes to if, if I could do that with business, if I could do that with success, then I can also do that with my health, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some of your daily non-negotiables? Okay. Um, this definitely changed over the past year. Uh, I For many, many years, I put myself on the back burner. I really, you know, I always took care of my skin and like, you know, my I took care of myself, but um, <clears throat> clients always came first. Instagram always came first. You know, everything came before me. My kids came, everything. And after going what I went through, I understood like never again, never again. I don't care what. I am going to do everything to create the day and the, the, the energy that I want in a day for myself, what I need out of this morning or out of the day. And I have done that. Like I really, every single morning, obviously if I could wake up and watch the sunrise, it's like, I don't feel better than that. Like when I do that, I feel my best. I love it. And I tend to do that when it starts, like come fall to about like November, December, Dave and I do that. It's just kind of like we get into that rhythm. Um, but every morning I, I mean, reflexology, facial reflexology, something that it's kind of like my meditation, like how you wake up and you do your meditation. Um, facial reflexology is like my thing. I have to do it. I have to, um, yeah, daily. Like I clear the pathway. It's, it's just about clearing the pathways in your body. It's sending energy to the organs, to the systems and really, jumpstarting the process to all of that. And also, you know how it is when your work is for you meditation. For me, I teach about facial reflexology. I teach about all of these modalities. You have to live it. You have to do it. You have to, you can't just talk about it. You know, um, yeah. that's how you inspire people most, I feel, to do it themselves. Yeah. So I love that. And it takes 10 minutes, not more. So easy. Okay. And I spend um, every morning, Dave and I sit outside or in the wintertime here and we talk. Like we talk for, you know, we connect, we talk for like sometimes a good hour. And it just, I don't know, it feels really nice. Like we just have coffee and we talk about the future or the present or whatever it is. Dream. And then I try to get in my meditation at least three times a week now. If I'm being honest, I don't do it every day. I want to do it every day, but I haven't been. 
I will get back to it. I will get back to it because I feel so good when it's every day, but definitely three times a week. Um, But, but I will say every single day when I'm doing my skincare routine or when I'm getting ready, when I'm taking a shower, the mantras are playing, the music is playing, I'm doing some, I, and, and that really is a big release for me as well, just chanting. It's huge because I also love to sing. I've sang my whole life. So that's, I know it's, it's just a very big release. So I do that every day, every day. What else? My non-negotiables. I can't sing. I feel like you always have a juicer smoothie. So that is something that I would do every single day. I love the flavor of salads, juices, smoothies. I, we, I love the fresh and lightness of those. But I spoke to you about that, that right now I, I have to be careful with that stuff because of the infection that I had. Um, but yes, like once I get this taken care of, that is something that I pretty much, my diet, I'm pretty much, you know, I make sure to introduce a lot of my veggies, either um, like salads, my protein, my bone broth. I don't go a day without nourishing my body one way or the other. Yeah, I'm, I mindful eat for sure. Yeah. I'm interested in trying the one that you've been posting about the date, orange juice and banana. It so seems good. like such an interesting combination, okay. but you're loving it. So I want to try it. So I was, this was like maybe 15 years ago. I was in Israel at the, at this uh, breakfast place. And I got this juice and it was like the most delicious thing I've ever had. So I just mm. started recreating it, but I haven't done it in years. And I just Yum. thought about it recently and it's really so good. And you don't need that much orange juice. Even you could use more water, less oranges, but it's very simple, very fast. Like the fastest smoothie you'll ever make because yeah. it's not like taking things from the freezer or boop, boop, you just squeeze orange juice. Right. You could add some hemp. I love because I love the nutty flavor of hemp. Um, and then you have this and it may any and it makes me feel good. Just yeah. mindful eating makes me feel good. Totally. But I don't know about other non-negotiables. I feel like um, really important for me to play music in the home all day. You know, when my children are here cooking, it's just being present with them. That's a big thing for us. Um, just creating like a good energy in the home is something that we strive for every single day. And you, I feel that watching when your daughters are dancing and you're all sitting there, sitting around watching and enjoying it. I feel that energy for sure yeah. coming from you. It's so beautiful. Important. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It's so beautiful. So gua sha, you're doing like three or four times a week. I love gua sha. It's not a daily thing. So it's definitely not like, I would say a non-negotiable, but yeah, that stone, you know how I feel about that stone. Um, and that practice is so powerful that everybody should be doing gua sha. If you could do it every day, you will transform your face. You will transform your face. If you do gua sha, I've seen women who are in their 50s, 60s, who are really good students and do gua sha every single day and they have a different face. Wow. It's wild. It's wild. So, so because I do so many things for my audience, I don't do gua sha every day, but definitely three to four times a week. And usually in the morning, I don't really like doing it in the evening. 
So like I will do my reflexology and then I'll, you know, whatever, have that time with Dave, I'll then go into my um, bathroom, I'll cleanse, I'll do my gua sha, I'll put the mantra on, I'll do my routine, whatever it is. Um, I've been loving yoni steaming. That's another thing that I've been doing that's really just pulling out all of the, the things. But yeah. just opening <laughs> everything up. Um, gua sha is very face taping. Oh, my God. Erica, you have to do face taping. I have to. You don't understand. You I don't. Know. I'm so guided to it. Every time someone posts something that like they've done it after you're te- you've te- taught them, I have to do it. I have to get into it. It's just, as you know, it's a lot to manage all these things, but I guess keeping, you just sleep with it. So it's actually working for you. It's less I have to do. <laughs> you could be exactly. Guasha is like, do it's like more work than face taping. Yeah. I used to think face taping was hard because you have to like cut the, it's two seconds once you cut okay. But like when you, anything you learn, anything new that you learn, it's like a little bit overwhelming at first. And you're like, what the frick am I doing? And am I doing this right? Or, but once you get the hang of it and once you see the results and you don't even have to, like, I don't sleep with the tape on my neck or on my face. I actually like put it on. Then I do some work. I answer emails or DMs or clean the house, whatever I have to do. Two, three hours, take it off. And it's like insane. it's insane and the forehead you sleep with overnight and it really works like so if people are concerned with wrinkles you have this thing that works okay I'm going to try it I want to try it for my eyes but I will say I feel like I see a difference in using the gua sha and the sea buckthorn oil um more recently all of a sudden I felt a a really big shift and I am trying to do it three to four times a week. I try. The only thing is my hair gets <laughs> greasy from all the oil. So I'm always like, I need more dry shampoo. But other than that, like I want to start every day with it because sometimes I'll wake up and I'll feel like my eyes feel tired and I'll know. I'm like, I just need to wake my face up with that stone. And you're exactly. just, oh, it's so special. It gets everything going. feels exactly. so good. Exactly. And by the way, three, four times is perfect. Like, hardcore is daily but three four times is a beautiful uh trans you could transform your face as well you know and you're allowed to do it at night you just need to make sure you hydrate after that's why you don't love the nighttime am i right it's kind of what i yeah so i sometimes would will feel like doing it at night just to relax myself yes yes it's nice but um you got to do it earlier in the evening because if you don't drink the water, like all the toxins that you're, you know, moving and, you know, we're stimulating, we're opening the lymphatic pathways. You have to pee it out. You have to hydrate. Otherwise it will pull back. So, so you can just drink, you know, a little bit, like half of 30, like 16 ounces, um, early in the evening and then do the gua sha. A lot of people do it at night. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank yeah. you. And I just wanted you to share about the upcoming products that you're launching. I'm so excited for you. I know. I know. It's a really, so it's, it's really exciting. It's been in the works for, it's been in the works for, I would, oh my God, it's taken us forever. And this was also because of everything that I went through. Um, you know, 
I was working for a very long time, for like two, three years. I was working at like 40% capacity. Like, like mm -hmm. I could only give so much. Do you know what I mean? So now yes. I just feel like that I feel good mentally, physically, emotionally. Like I'm just going to, I can hit harder. I could just go and things are rolling and everything that we wanted to work on. We'll be working on this is an herbal mask that my mom's been using in her treatment room post-needling for like 20 years, 15, over 15 years. Um, and I've always loved it. The, her patients love it. Um, it's beautiful. You, It's kind of like a do-it-yourself, like you mix it with an egg white. Um, so I don't know how that works for people who are vegan, unfortunately. But are you a vegan or vegetarian? I'm mostly vegan. I'm mostly vegan. So yeah. you don't eat eggs? You don't eat eggs? No. Oh my god! I know that I've done an egg mask before in the past, and it feels like it really tightens the skin. It so I can imagine what that feels it's like. Firming, it's yeah. tightening, it refines your pores, but it also repairs the skin. Like if somebody goes into the sun and gets a sunburn, they put in egg white, and it will repair it that much quicker. Wow! wow. Um, and it also acts as a peptide, which allows you know the facilitation of the herbs to penetrate the skin. It's beautiful. It calms inflammation. It's really good for acne, for pigmentation. Um, so that's coming out soon. Awesome. It's at like the end stage. It's just a lot of the, you know, details. It's not easy to make your own, yeah. own stuff. The branding looks beautiful too. I loved your- You like it? I loved it. I love, love it. Good, good. Yeah. I, I love how it came out and we worked on that for so long because I'm crazy. But, like, I'm so happy with how it came out. So great. And I'm sure, like, everything else that we've spoken about on your path, this is divine timing. So yeah. just it taking longer than expected. I'm sure it's for a reason and will align perfectly for everyone that's ready and excited to use it. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you thank so you. much. And thank you thank to you, everyone listening. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation today and you just feel the light that Donna offers and shares with the world here through the podcast episode. May the longtime sun shine upon you. Thank you for being here and have a great day. See you next time.